7: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
8: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight with Fire for Tuesday, February eighth. Got to go to interview today, guys. Really good one to get you kind of crunk for not necessarily the Super Bowl, but kind of the off-season machinations. You like that word early here on a Tuesday morning? of coaching and potential quarterback carousel just because i'm kind of into that stuff forward thinking uh what's next i don't like to look back as much as i like to look forward and kind of beat people to the punch on what's next so i'm bringing on albert breer friend of the podcast uh monday morning quarterback uh longtime good journalist to cover in the nfl a uh, couple uh quick house cleaning notes you know, my goal, every every time I go to the Super Bowl week, uh, I've never actually been to a Super Bowl, fun fact. I've been at Super Bowl week multiple times, just go to the parties. Back in the day, I covered the parties for Us Weekly, and it was pretty epic. A couple of the best parties I've ever been to in my life, uh, Playboy Party in Jacksonville, um, Maxim Party in, jeez, I'm spacing, but it was like around 2005, um, Playboy Party in Detroit, um... A couple, I mean, just a couple really strong years uh, of Super Bowl parties back in the day. Um, In recent years, obviously, things have changed. I got married. I'm a little older. I've got kids. I'm not in town as long. And, you know, it's a little tougher to get into the parties when you're not uh, on the front lines, like reporting. Now I'm just like, hey, uh, I'm doing all this stuff for Fox. Let me get into your party. Uh, And usually it works well. Miami was successful. But it's weird this year that the Super Bowl's in L.A., which is where I live. And so I've still got to, like, you know, deal with my life as opposed to being out of town and just doing whatever. I can meet anybody for drinks anytime. Now it's like, well, uh, you know, my kids are still going to school. My new dog, which is very exciting, still has to be walked. Um, I kind of got my regular pickup basketball game. You know, like you kind of want to live your normal life. But it is Super Bowl week, which is unique. Um and I thought I'd quickly take this opportunity to give a shout out um, to a buddy of mine who recently passed away, uh, went to college with him, and he attended my wedding, haven't seen him for a little over a decade, but um, just struggled with alcohol in recent years, and it went downhill pretty quick. Um, and he passed away recently. And, you know, his the services are going to be in Virginia. Uh, where he was living, like the day before the Super Bowl. And I'm, you know, I'm texting with some friends. I'm trying to make it. And it's just like Super Bowl week is super busy work wise. I mean, we have a gambling show Sunday morning. Uh, obviously, Friday is a big, you know, I do the herd. Um, and we have a gambling show Thursday. And it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough week. And I'm trying to get back. And, I, I, I don't know. It's not looking like I'll be heading back, which stinks. Because there's a buddy of mine who was in my fantasy football league for like the last five years, and you know, I don't want to get too deep into it. We knew he was he would send random texts to a group, like they were kind of off topic and like just didn't really not fully coherent, um, and it just it's like what the hell. Um, so it's just it's a super busy week, and I'm trying to um, you know get some. Big time guests. We did have one Hall of Famer cancel on us, which is disappointing for this week. Um, and it's just it's weird not being on the road uh, for the Super Bowl. Uh, had some really good times in Arizona. Obviously, Miami's a great city. Um, I'm trying. I don't think I've ever done one in New Orleans. I know that's a big Super Bowl uh, city and a great city. I've never been to New Orleans in my life, um, but you know, who knows down the road, maybe I'll make one of those. Um, All right. So uh, a quick note before we get to Albert Breer, I'm sure you guys saw one of the weirder stories on Monday was that Kyler Murray, the great quarterback, and yeah, he's great. He is two years in a row. He was like a fringe MVP candidate midway through the season, Um, scrubbed his Instagram of all Arizona Cardinals stuff. Now we ask Breer about this and I interviewed him Monday, like late afternoon had some time to let them marinate. And I had further thoughts that I want to, you know, sleep on it and you get a little more clear headed. And it, this is what kind of hit me about the saga. And again, the answer with Breer was like the instant reaction. This one I've let marinate for a minute. And the more I think about it, Kyler came into the NFL at the same time as Cliff Kingsbury. They're kind of joined at the hip. Okay. And as Breer will articulate here shortly, Kyler Murray is up for that extension, which quarterbacks can get after the third year. And he goes through some of the quarterbacks who've gotten it after year three. And it's like, frigging Ryan Tannehill got one. Carson Wentz, dear, got like every, oh, almost everybody's getting Well, Kyler's going to get it right. And then you just wonder about Kingsbury. And the narrative around Cliff Kingsbury is very strange. People clearly do not like him. The media feels like he was given something he did not earn. He did not um, cut his teeth, if you will, in the NFL uh, as like a coordinator for multiple years, and like a lot of people think he's gotten by on like his he's cool uh, and, and he he's like a ladies' man and all this nonsense. Let's just be realistic. These are just the facts about Cliff Kingsbury. We'll get to the collapse in a moment. Uh, in the second half of the season. But these are the facts. This is reality on Cliff Kingsbury. He's only been in the league three years as a head coach. His first year with a rookie quarterback, they went 5'10 and 1. His second year, they improved to 8 and 8. His third year, they improved to 11 and 6. They play in the best division in the NFL, unequivocally. In 2018, Kingsbury's first year, the Rams went to the Super Bowl. In 2019, the San Francisco 49ers went to the Super Bowl. In 2021, the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. So you can see that division and how awesome it is and how challenging it is. I mean, Russell Wilson's in that division. Like, this is a stacked division. And Cliff Kingsbury has gotten better in each of the three years. And you guys want to kill him and be like, oh, well, we're not paying Cliff Kingsbury. And it, to me, this is where the Kyler... Instagram scrubbing comes in because it's like Kyler and Kingsbury are kind of connected here. Surely they like each other. And it almost feels like, remember, the last domino here is they both share an agent. If Kingsbury's waiting for an extension so he's not lame duck, hey, we made the playoffs, you know? Uh, And they're like, yeah, we we haven't seen it. And Kyler's his guy. And Kyler's like, well, wait, am I going to get paid? And they're like, no. Now, we don't know totally what's happening. But if you're upset at the Cardinals and you remove all indications of them from your social media, that generally means you're unhappy with them. If you break up with your girlfriend, you're going to scrub her off your IG because you're done. I'm not, obviously, Kyler Murray's not done with Arizona unless he's going to baseball, which would be the shocker of all shockers. But just think about it from Kyler's perspective. Like, you guys have what going on? Like, what were you guys before Cliff Kingsbury got here? You were Steve Wilkes and maybe a one- or two-win team, right? The Josh Rosen experiment flopped miserably. Yeah, you got to a Super Bowl, um, I think, with Kurt Warner, or was it Carson Palmer? I'm not going to look it up. I'm sorry. But, like, other than that, like, the Arizona Cardinals have not really been a marquee franchise here in the NFL. And Kyler's got them on the map. They're getting primetime games and – the, the arrow is pointing up for Arizona, regardless of what you think of Kingsbury as a fourth quarter coach and a second half of the season coach. Yes, those are facts as well. He has struggled in the second half of seasons. As he has struggled, he's also ascended every year, improved by three wins from his first to second, then three more and got to the playoffs. And I know they lost and everybody, oh, well, they lost. He stinks. Like, I mean, really, if, if that's how you're going to judge quarterbacks and coaches, then there's, you're going to recycle coaches and quarterbacks every year. That's going to be the new barometer. Like, oh, well, that guy lost in year three, and he's done. Like, I think Kyler Murray is being a little aggressive here, but there must be some ugly behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't know about. And remember, that owner has kind of a, a not the greatest reputation in the league. We'll leave it at that. All right, without further ado, let's get to Albert Breer of Monday Morning Quarterback.
3: Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that?
4: Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
5: Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two.
4: This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to
5: Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list.
7: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
8: I know what sports fans want.
7: But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does.
4: Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
8: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy you know, uh, big-time NFL media member. He's out here in, in L.A. for Super Bowl week, and there's just so much chaos on the coaching front. I was like, I just start texting him. I'm like, dude, I need to bring you on the pod. Need to make sense of this. <laughs> Lovey Smith chaos. Dennis Allen getting the job of the Saints. Let's bring in Albert Breer, the man, the myth, the legend. How are you, man? I'm good. How you doing, Jay Mac? I'm 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 doing all right. I'm a little surprised this Lovey Smith thing. I mean, listen. Obviously, yeah. we'll talk Super Bowl, Bengals, Rams. Um your thoughts on Los Angeles. Uh but I, we got to start with the coaching, right? I mean, Lovey Smith a week ago was he on anybody's radar for this job?
9: No. Um you know, and I think a big part of it, Jay Mac, is just kind of where they were last year and you know, despite The fact that I think that there were some silver linings going four and 13. Um, I can tell you that a big part of of David Cully being fired was some of the organizational issues within the staff, the game management issues, um, just things that you would sort of term as like non patriot things, you know, that I think frustrated Nick Casario to some degree. So the idea that they would be hiring somebody off of Cully's staff, I think would have been foreign to everybody two weeks ago. It yeah. just wasn't going to go that way. And I think that the, the feeling I got was that they were going to seek alignment and try to uh, set the organization up a certain way, whether that was through hiring Brian Flores or Gerard Mayo or Josh McCown. Yeah. Um, they were going to try to use this opportunity to align the organization philosophically. Now, they get a known commodity in Lovie Smith. I'll be really interested to see how his staff is set up because I think in the end, some of the events of the last week, sort of push things this yes. way so is it possible that they set up some sort of security? that's one thing that I'm going to keep my eye on
8: yeah it's interesting uh Lovey Smith uh, at the University of Illinois uh, you're a big big 10 guy so you know this Lovey Smith went 17 and 39 as a head yeah. coach in Illinois I, I know it's tough to win at Illinois but 17 and 39. remember the outrage about Cliff Kingsbury who was under 500. Albert, seventeen and thirty-nine. Now everybody, I mean, the consensus seems to be: Oh, as soon as Brian Flores sued the NFL, they had to hire somebody who was African American. They ain't bringing in Flores. They yeah. definitely can't hire Josh McCown. Let's just bring in Lovey Smith. He was here last year.
9: I mean, I, like my thing is like, if that was the case, go get, get Gerard Mayo. You know, go get one of the rising yeah. guys. I mean, go get D'Amico Ryan's. So, like, I, I just, you know, like I like i i see the way that this could end and it could end the same way the david culley thing ended and what oh. progress is that you know i think really um you know if we want to talk about the broader topic of improving diversity um you know let's go find our sean McVay. let's go find our kyle Shanahan. Mm. you know and there are guys bright young guys that i think have a chance to be that and i think that that's real progress but um yeah i mean i, I The first thing you think of, again, is the same thing you thought of with David Culley, which is this is going to be a short-term thing. And then Nick Casario still doesn't have his long-term guy. it does make you wonder, like if Josh McCown winds up on that staff, is this sort of like almost like a training program, you know what I mean? Like where they're getting him ready to go because there was a strong sentiment in that organization that Josh McCown was going to be the head coach a few days ago. And Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton were actually going to stay on as the coordinators. So the fact that this has sort of gone the other way now makes you think, okay, like is Lovey Smith really the guy that Nick Casario is saddling up with or are they going to set things up a certain way where maybe they could bring Josh McCown in as an assistant head coach or something like that where there'd be some sort of succession plan in place. Otherwise, it's just – it's hard to see where – this isn't just yeah. spinning your wheels after firing David Culley. I, I don't know. I, I you never way, want to. That's no. That's no affront to Levy Smith. who's a great dude who did, did a really good job in Chicago. But that was a, a long time ago, you know. Yeah. And so, I, I think it's fair to ask a lot of questions about, you know, filling this job with a guy who was internal, who you didn't interview until four weeks after the season ended. All you <laughs> do is walk down the hall, right? Yeah. You didn't interview until four weeks after the season ended.
8: Yeah, kind of. And I feel bad because everybody's going to be piling on Lovey, but I'm sure he's thrilled, right? He's getting another bite at the apple as a head coach. Uh, I do want to ask Albert, you know, for, for MMQB, like, how hard can you be in a situation like this where it's kind of obvious to everyone looking, but you do still have to write knowing that agents and coaches and assistants are all reading and, you know, the league is paying attention to what all these guys write. Like, is it? Do you have to be a little political with how you frame this? Be honest. Like
9: most of the people I cover understand my job and um, my job is insider-ish, you know, I would say. Um, But like, I have to have more opinion than some other people that are in similar positions as as me. And I, you know, like, I, I I think most people understand as long as I'm fair, like I won't take cheap shots, you know? And I, I, like, I, I, i'd like to think that everything i'm i write is informed and everything that i say on a show like this one on the radio on tv is coming from somewhere and so you know i think one thing that like, i one thing i tell people is like listen like this isn't me just shooting from the hip if, if i'm saying something or i'm critical of something it's coming from an informed place so you may not like it but i'm doing my best to be fair to you and to be to, to yeah. everybody that i cover and so um you know, have I had relationships fractured because of stuff I've said or opinions I've had, sure, that stuff happens. You know, but I think yeah. that's sort of the cost of doing business in a job like mine.
8: Uh, we don't need to go deep on uh, Dennis Smith and the Saints. This seems like it's been coming a, a long time count. in New Orleans. Uh, but I do want to ask, that division is kind of crazy, right? Brady retires. I think it's safe to assume Gronk will not be back. Uh, Sean Payton retires. Or not, I'm sorry, retires. Goes to television. Yep. And nobody really believes the Panthers are close to anything. Um, Matt Rule's kind of on the hot seat. And then you've got like the Atlanta Falcons, who are pretty much a train wreck. I guess Matt Ryan's going to stay. Like, what's up with that division, Albert? Is that the worst division in the league?
9: The Falcons are a little more competitive than people. Realize, you know, oh. I know they had their bad moments, but I think they won seven games this year. I'd have to look yes. it up again, but I think they won seven games this year. And, you know, I think Arthur Smith and his staff, there's reason for optimism there. And I'm not saying they go and win the NFC West next year, but could they win the NFC South? You know, if a couple, <laughs> like a couple of things go the right way. Maybe Calvin Ridley's back. Maybe they trade him for a pick. Um, you know, like they've got resources now. Kyle Pitts looks like a real player, their first yeah. round pick. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I, I think the Falcons have a good plan right now. And I think there's reason to believe that Arthur Smith's got a chance Hmm. to be a really good head coach in the league. And so, you know, I think you look at where the four teams are, the saints are going to be interesting because they still have a lot of good players. So I think the saints probably go in as the favorite depending on what Tampa does at quarterback. I think Tampa's in for a little bit of a reset year because of their cap situation. You know, And then Carolina, it's make or break for Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. So that goes mm-hmm. one of two ways. So, yeah, I think it's intriguing from that standpoint. But I wouldn't sleep on the Atlanta Falcons. Like, okay. I think that there are reasons to be optimistic about what Arthur Smith did in his first year. And that, like, maybe, maybe, like, look, like, Terry Fontenot was there. The, the GM there was there in New Orleans when they built around an aging Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And Drew Brees' last few years in the league, he had one of the best rosters in football around him. So who knows? Maybe Matt Ryan's got four or five years left. Wow. And maybe you can get something out of it over the next couple if you draft well and, and you do what you need to do in free agency with assets like Calvin
8: Ridley. So, so Falcons won seven games. They also had a minus 146 point <laughs> differential. Second <laughs> second worst in the NFC. So when they got their butts kicked, they got destroyed. They had a worse point differential they than lost. the Detroit they Lions. Lost. Yeah, yeah they, they just threw in the towel. Um, so let's get crazy here. Um, while we're in the NFC South. Give give me some wacky names for who's quarterbacking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. Um, I'll just toss out – it ain't going to be, obviously, Gabbert. I think Gabbert's a backup there, right?
9: Yeah, he's a backup.
8: Okay, I I don't think it's going to be him. I'll just toss out a name. Um, Marcus Mariota.
9: I don't think so. I'll give you a name that I think they would at least kick the tires on, but they thought about a lot a couple years ago, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh. So – Teddy was on their list, um, and they were looking at. I believe now I I gotta I'd have to pull it up, but it was Brady. Jameis was on there to come back potentially. Brady was obviously number one, but yeah, I like like they were looking at Jameis, they were looking at Rivers, they were looking at Teddy, and Teddy was somebody that they actually considered. It doesn't seem to make sense, right? Because Bruce really normally likes like the guy who can push the ball downfield, yeah. who's kind of built like a tank, and that's not Teddy. But for one reason or another, there was real interest there. And so, like, Teddy sort of, I think, established himself as that. I don't know if Case Keenum is the right one to compare him to, but, like, the guy the, the guy who could be a stopgap for you for a year or two, help you tread water. And I think that's sort of what the Bucks need right now, right? Like, I don't know if an Aaron Rodgers is going to want to go there. Maybe no. like some of the retooling they have to do. Um, could they take a swing on a Jimmy Garoppolo? Maybe. I think what they need is just a sort of like a stopgap who's going to be able to get them to the next guy. May not be the next guy, but who's going to get them to the next guy. And Teddy Bridgewater sort of feels like he's gotten into that phase of their career. And again, a couple of years ago when they got Brady, they did do a bunch of investigating into him.
8: Interesting. Um, I remember Case Keenum got to an NFC championship game. Did he not with the Vikings? Yeah, he did. Then they signed signed Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, and they haven't gotten back. Interesting. Um, While we're in the NFC, bizarre story emerges uh, on Monday that yeah. Kyler Murray, and I don't know who unearthed this or if there was even anything there to begin with. He has scrubbed his Instagram of the Arizona Cardinals.
9: Well, like You know, the internet pretty well, J Mac. who monitors this stuff.
8: I know that's a damn good question. <laughs> like, I mean, I, it just doesn't make sense. Like, Oh, I'm just checking Kyler Murray's page in February because I'm a Kyler Murray fan. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but I'm trying to think. Like, there was that story recently about the owner uh, not paying out bonuses. Right. Um, I have heard some rumblings that there was people were trying to pick out the Arizona. I don't know if it was a front office, um, but a couple, either coordinators or front office guys, were being poached. And I, I, I just don't know. I'm yeah. grasping at straws here. What's yeah. going on?
9: Yeah. So I mean, like, I think it was uncomfortable. The um, the couple days after they lost to the Rams. And you remember how bad that loss was. Kyler <sighs> didn't look very good in that game. Yeah. Like overall, they just got their asses kicked by the Rams. And, you know, I, I like I know that there was tension in that building afterwards. There was supposed to be like an end-of-the-year personnel meeting, right, the day after the season. All teams do this sort of thing. That got canceled, like, just really abruptly. So it raised the radar of people in the building, like, uh-oh, are people getting fired here? And eventually huh. things settled down, but the question about the bonuses was out there and everything else. And you know, I I think it's going to be interesting to see where this goes because I think the tone that the owner set in the week after the season ended was, I'm not happy with what's happened here, and there's going to be there's going to need to be better results down the stretch in 2022. And if you want to attach Kyler to it, Kyler Kyler's a good dude, but Kyler can be a little up and down. He can be a little moody, you know? Mm. And so you can see where if something strikes him in the wrong way, and remember he's coming into this critical part of his career, yep. you see where if something strikes him the wrong way, maybe he has a reaction to it and who knows what it is, but maybe there was something that happened that he had a reaction to. Um, I'll tell you this, like every quarterback looks at that and starts to think about it, whether they admit it or not, after your third year, you're eligible for a new contract. So right now, Kyler Murray's eligible to, to, to get a top-of-the-market contract huh. if the Cardinals are willing to do it. So, is it possible that they went looking for a contract and they found out the Cardinals want to wait a year? Um, Ooh. like Cleveland waited a year last year with Baker Mayfield. Huh. There are things like that that could be at play. And I and I think like his personal situation, you know, again coming out of like what was kind of an uncomfortable end of the season, coming out of um, you know, like like, like some uncertainty coming out of the season with some uncertainty about where the franchise might be going past twenty twenty two, and then thinking to yourself, well, at least I can maybe get paid, and maybe that didn't go the way you wanted it to. You could see where one plus one plus one might add up
8: to yeah. having <laughs> that sort of. So, reaction. so the working theory is Kyler or his agent went to Arizona and said, "Hey, let's talk Turkey. Impossible. We got to the playoffs. Yeah, it's been three years. Now, I I just want to circle back." Um, Pat, uh, Mahomes obviously got paid after year three. Right. Uh, Josh Allen paid got a huge great. contract after year three, correct?
9: So the history of it, if you look at it, J Mac, is most often got uh, like I think if you look at the history of it, Andrew Luck, the Colts waited till after year four, but that's rare, and Luck was pretty secure in his spot. Like nobody was, con- nobody was like questioning. And they made the playoffs right three now. straight years, right? So. Brian Tannehill got paid after three years in Miami. Oh i have gosh. to go back down the list. Um, uh, Carson Wentz got paid after three years in Philly. Jared Goff got paid after three years in LA. Mahomes got paid after three years in, in Kansas City. Deshaun Watson got paid after three years in Houston. Oh, Josh Allen God. got paid after three years in um, in Buffalo. So the history is if a team's really sure, then they're going to act after three years. Now, Baltimore didn't last year. Baltimore's waited. And so now we're through four years of Lamar Jackson's career. But Lamar's a little bit of a unique situation because he's his own agent, you know? And so, and Eric DeCosta said it the other day we're sort of going with the pace that Lamar wants to go with this at. Baker, we've seen where that went, you know, like how things were awkward this year because they went into that fourth year. And that's where Kyler's going now. You know, Kyler's going into that fourth year. And a lot of times, if a quarterback goes into the fourth year without a new contract, and it's still, the team starter, it can be a little bit awkward.
8: Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, Albert, I'm pretty stunned the way you're framing it. Like, you know, it's tough to find a franchise quarterback. I, I, I looking so at Kyler and what he's done in three years, yeah. I think he's probably a franchise quarterback. I mean, again, you, you never know for sure. Yeah. But I'm not to thinking, rub him the wrong way.
9: Again, I don't, way. I don't know. I don't know that this happened. That's, that's speculation, just to be clear on that. But I mean, it's oftentimes these things can come up. And I do think, like, <sighs> You know, like, like I, I think it's hard for a quarterback to, you know, like go into that that period, that like that 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 window to get paid, and like have the team show any sort of uncertainty. So, is it possible that that could have happened? That could happen going forward. Sure. And you think about it too. I mean, Kyler, as a draft pick, was pretty specific to Cliff. So, if the yeah. team's not like certain that that, that it's going to hold on to Cliff past 2022, is the owner going to sign off on a $45 million per year contract for Kyler Murray? Mm, mm, When you maybe think about it and you're saying to yourself, am I sure that the next coach is going to be as sold on Kyler as Cliff was? Or even like would Kyler being on a huge contract change the Mm. pool of candidates? Like would there be certain candidates who wouldn't come here? So I think those are all things that you consider now. Um, coming out of the of year like the the Cardinals just have. And look, like, the, the fact of the matter is, like, if you look at it, they've improved every year on yes. the play. But the fact that things were a little bit uncomfortable coming out of the year for a lot of people, I think frames the
8: offseason a certain way. I just, I don't get it. I, I, they were without DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, they're off. Like, you take away they Cooper Cup off. from the Rams. Like, yeah. Like, are they, are they getting out of the first round of the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, you look at Kyler's numbers, it, it completion percentage improved every year. Um, you know what's TD to interception uh, ratio. Like He's he's a really good quarterback.
9: I don't know. People are going to think they, I'm... Yeah, you know what's fascinating know. about it, too, is that they really... So one thing I know that they did in the offseason, what, last year, was they felt like they needed like older veteran players to put themselves over the top, right? Because like, they felt like yeah. they were a few plays away from you know going from 7 wins to 10 wins in 2020. So they went and they brought in a bunch of older veterans... Like J.J. Watt, like A.J. Green, like Rodney Hudson, that they felt like could kind of change the culture and like kind of like teach the younger guys how to win, and it worked. It did. But then what happened? Those guys started to get banged up. Those guys yeah. started to wear down, and the age of the team started to show up down the street. Mm. Uh,
8: all right, let let me quickly ask: um, Did you go down to the Senior Bowl? I did, yeah. Oh, okay. I know that that's like a haven. So I've done the uh, combine. You know that we we've hung out at the combine. Yeah, but I've heard Senior Bowl is is way juicier. Um, I, I know that you empty the column in Monday Morning Quarterback. You empty the notepad. All the good stuff comes out. But there has to be something, some fascinating stuff that you're like, man. I don't know if I could put this out there. That's you. Know, g- give me something <laughs> that you heard I- I- in Mobile. I'll give you something fun.
9: Um, so you know, there's been a lot of questions about uh the quarterback. Right. And Pick so I, I had a personnel person say to me, So all the top quarterbacks were there in this year's class, except for Matt Corral, the old Matt, old Miss quarterback. Right. Okay. The quarterbacks were so bad last week, or so I would say mediocre last week, that one personnel man said to me, Matt Corral had the best week of anybody here. He wasn't here. And <laughs> wow. it's interesting because you look at the different guys. I think Kenny Pickett probably went in. With the you know with the um with the I I think probably is like maybe like having a slight lead over the others to to be the first one taken. Well, buckle up, J Mac, for a lot of hand size talk over the yeah. next couple of months because his hand came in small, yep. and then it was sort of revealed to teams that he has all these different gloves that he uses for different conditions, and it rained on Wednesday in Mobile, and he had a really bad day because of it, and so. Like Kenny Pickett had issues. Malik Willis like looked impressive physically, but really raw. You know, you just sort of go through the quarterback class, and I think that this is going to be like the twenty thirteen draft. Uh-oh. And if you remember that group, and I think it's going to be like the thirteen draft in a lot of different ways. I think it's going to be that way with the quarterbacks. And that year, the quarterbacks were EJ Manuel, Geno Smith, Matt Barkley, those guys. So I think it's that sort of class. Yes. And then the other thing about that group is. Like that thirteen class, you didn't want to be drafting in the top ten, and I think that's the way this draft is the top two, where you've got good players like Kevon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson and Evan Neal and um and 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 and, um, and I kind I'm gonna mess up his name, Ecam Ebekele. Yeah, the NC
8: State. <laughs> yeah, the line, NC
9: yeah. State offensive tackle. You, you like you have good players, really good players, but these aren't like blue chip like. It's not, we're not, we're not talking about guys like, you know, Miles Garrett or Chase Young at the
8: top. Yeah. 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 Bosa. Um, let me ask. So, um, uh, Matt rule was at temple and had recruited Pickett heavily when he was at college. Um, you know, Carolina plays in that NFC South where weather's not a huge factor. Atlanta's in the dome, you know, maybe there's some rain, but by and large, I mean, it's not Denver. Like, I don't think Pickett could go to Denver. Um, or, or, or even like Seattle, but I, do you think six is too high for Pickett? I mean, Matt Rule, if, if you want to keep your job, say, hey, man, get me the rookie quarterback, and you—I you, mean, you're going to give the guy a yeah. chance, right? It, I, think gonna think? Be,
9: I think there's going to be pressure on that in that building from ownership to to take a big swing at quarterback. Now the question becomes, and there has been that pressure there. I'm sure you know that. Um, like, I think, like, I think that this—I this, think it's going to be tough for them to convince a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson or an Aaron yeah. Rodgers, whoever's available to go there because it's like one of these things where you bring a guy back and like the owner hasn't really said anything, right? Like so there's been no public support for, for rule. So Rule's sort of sitting out there and he's twisting in the wind. Yeah. And everybody thinks the job's going to be on the line in 2022. That makes it exponentially harder mm. to go and get a big fish in the quarterback market. Now, I
8: guess the counter turn- would be, Right, uh, Albert. If you said, "Hey, Deshaun, you come here. Look at this division. You know, Aaron Rodgers wants to go to Denver. He's got to face Herbert, Mahomes twice. Uh, yeah, Raiders God. just went to the playoffs. Like this division's cake now that Brady's gone and Sean Payton's gone." Right.
9: Right. But the problem, is, like, so the I think the uncertain the uncertainty in Carolina. A place like Carolina does counteract that to some degree because you're bringing in a guy you're bringing a guy in, and so you're saying to him here's your coach this year. We have no idea who your coach is going to be next. (laughs) And you're sort of setting up a scenario where, I mean, if you don't hire the right coach, do you have a problem with that quarterback a year down the line? And so, like, that's why I think, like, a team like Denver is positioned nicely right right now to go make a move for a quarterback because, I mean, like, whoever the quarterback is, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's going to be your, 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 uh, your head coach. Yep. You know, that George Payton's gonna be your GM. You may not know who your owner is gonna be, but <laughs> at least in the in the at the, the very least, right now you're you're looking at like a relatively stable football operation. Yeah. So that's key. I think that's tough for care. That's what's tough for Carolina is that the owner wants to take a big swing at quarterback, but the instability um they're looking at going into 2022 could damage their ability to convince one of those guys to come because and look, like I, I believe w- I think I think Watson. I'm not. Just, I think Watson and Wilson both have no trade clauses, and then Rogers doesn't. But regardless of who does or who doesn't, we know all of them have de facto no trade clauses. Pretty much, yeah. All, all of them can just say, "I'm not showing up," and a team won't trade for.
8: Them. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I'll just retire. Uh, all right, two more quick ones. Um, let's go to the New York Giants. They add Brian Dable. Dable's so yep. hot, right? Uh, made Josh Allen a star. Got him a ton of money. Are, are, I, I know they're saying the right things about Daniel Jones, but do you think they could lure a Russell Wilson? Hey, man, New York City, marketing, and oh, by the way, you get to work with one of the best offensive coordinators in Brian Dable, yeah. who's going to be a lights-out head coach. Would you think Russell Wilson's in play for the Giants?
9: I think it's going like to sort of depend on Joe Shane, the new general manager's assessment of the roster. Um, and I think you only do something like that if you feel like you're close. Russell Wilson's not that young anymore. He's 33. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got two years left on his contract, so if you're gonna, you know, go give up what it's gonna take to get him, then you're probably gonna give him a new contract. So you're gonna double down on him, and then the question becomes: Are you good enough around him? And like, if you think, all right, like he maybe has three or four years left at this level, are you gonna be able to get good enough, quick enough to make it worth it? And so I think so much of this is gonna depend on how Joe Shane assesses the roster. And whether or not he can get things like the offensive line fixed fast yeah. enough to get the most out of somebody like Russell Wilson. Otherwise, there I mean, otherwise, if you if you if you go in there and you're the GM and you think it's gonna take me like maybe two off seasons to get where mm. I need to go, then maybe it is worth just taking the extended yeah. look at at, at, at Daniel Jones. Get a year, I mean, just look at him for a year. Don't exercise the option. And if it works, great, if it doesn't then you get the flexibility to move on.
8: Yep. All right, quick counterpunch on that. Yeah. Uh, hey, look at Cincinnati, Albert. All homegrown on the offensive side. And uh, what they do on the defensive side? They went shopping, ages, yep. bought Hendrickson, bought a bunch of defensive guys, Awuzie uh, and Presto, they're in the Super Bowl. Like, could you sell that to Russell Wilson?
9: Yeah, I mean, if, but the question is, do your needs match up with, do your needs match up with what's going to be available in free agency, mm, you know? Yeah. And so that's the, the big thing. Like they need their offensive line fixed. I don't think there's going to be a ton of help for them in, in free agency. Like if you need a receiver, you can get a receiver this year, right? Yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, all those guys. Offensive line, it's always hard to fill that with veterans. You yeah. almost have to build that, that through the draft because when teams get good ones, they generally don't let them go. Yeah. And maybe you can take a swing on a Brandon Sheriff or someone like that, Um but can you fix the whole line in one offseason? I think that's the question you got to ask yourself. the The Bengals were interesting last year because they actually were, I think, very honest with themselves, and so they let a couple of homegrown players go. in Carl Lawson that's and right. uh, Carl Lawson and William Jackson, and they replaced Carl Lawson with Trey Hendrickson. They replaced William Jackson with two players, with Chidobe Awuzie and Mike Hilton, and they got a lot better as a result. Yeah. You know. And so, you know, I think what Cincinnati did was actually being like honest with yourself about your own players and saying we need to do better than that. It's almost like what the it's like on a smaller scale, but almost like what the Rams do with golf, right? Yeah, they were honest with themselves about golf. So um, what the Bengals did was a little unique, but I think the the common thread um, when we're talking about them and what we're talking about you, you know, proposing the Giants do is. Like the, the what's out there on the free agent market has to match up with your needs. And I'm not sure it would for the giants. Again, maybe you take a big swing on somebody like Brandon Sheriff and you add an offensive lineman in the draft and maybe that fixes everything. Um, but it'd be expensive to do that. Of course.
0: Winners coming here in LA. That means more rain for others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow and ice, whatever winter means to you tire rack has tires that will elevate your drive all season tires, Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, see their Yokohama test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that?
4: Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
5: And I'm Skip Bronson.
7: or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was
2: twenty years ago today. We had a big bear of a land, it was called Mal Evans, who's on roadies. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, "Will you pass the salt and pepper?" And I misheard him. I said, "What salt and pepper?"
1: This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs: "Yesterday," "Band on the Run," "Hey Jude," and McCartney's favorite song in his entire catalog: "Here, There, and Everywhere." Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
8: All right, so, Albert, we'll wrap up with everybody's favorite quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. His old guy, Josh McDaniels, is in Vegas. We don't know what's up with Carr. And McDaniel, who was just his offensive coordinator in San Fran, is now going to Miami. We don't know what's up with Tua. I, what's your early read on Garoppolo? And there's going to be a million. I'm still kind of in on Pittsburgh, given that that's a definite opening. But what what, what are you hearing? What do you, What's your vibe right now in early February?
9: Well, I think, you know, I, I think it'll be traded and I think it'll probably happen before the um before the start of the league year, or it'll be agreed to before the start of the league year. And my mm-hmm. guess is it's gonna be a team that maybe takes a big swing and can't land one of the huge names. So two teams that I have my eye on are two teams that were actually pretty heavy into the Stafford sweepstakes last year, and that's one team we talked about in Carolina and another that we haven't in Washington. And so, Ooh. you know, I mentioned Carolina being very aggressive and looking for their next quarterback. I think Washington's gonna be the same way. I think Washington's gonna go after it and try to get one mm. of the big names. I think if they fall short, they could be in the Garoppolo market too. So wow. um, you know, I, you know we've we've talked about the uh, about, about a bunch of teams that, you know, we all think are going to be in this and it's teams that were you know sort of in the um in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes last year. You know, your Denver's, your Miami's, your Carolina's, your Philadelphia's. um, I think Washington's going to be in that mix
8: this year, too. The only thing is, those are two NFC teams. I guess, uh, uh, you know, San Francisco just doesn't really care. Oh, we'll just send him in the NFC. It doesn't really matter. You know, Carolina's kind of far from the playoffs. Washington was there a year ago, though.
9: Yeah, I mean, I just think if you're in San Francisco's position where you gave up so much to go get Trey Lance... I think like you just the best way to serve yourself is to re- recoup as much of that as you possibly can, and so if the best offer is coming from the NFC, and I just named five teams, and what three of them are the NFC, yeah. and you know I, huh. I think Miami's probably sticking with Tua um, at this point. I think their hire is sort of indicated that they're going to stick with Tua or at least get a look at Tua. Uh, that takes an AFC team off the off the board. And so, like, that leaves three – at least four teams, three in the NFC. And I think if you're the Niners, really based on what you gave up to go and get um, – what you gave up to go and get Trey Lance – I think you have to have confidence that you made the right decision. And if that means that you got to face Jimmy G a little bit more often than you would, if you sent him to the other conference, I think that's something that you live with. Yeah.
8: All right. Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback. He's all over. I mean, you're basically a celebrity in Boston. Um, (laughs) I'll probably see you out here. Super Bowl week. Um, you're gonna yeah, I hope so. you be staying down
9: there by the beach. You're gonna be in the south. Well, outside. I mean, I, <laughs> uh, I,
8: I I certainly will be venturing into West Hollywood. I don't know about downtown, except for maybe Thursday. Um, You're not uh, downtown, downtown now. very
9: much. I'm assuming.
8: Not really, unless it's a Lakers game. Uh, yeah. I rarely. I went to one play pickup basketball one time in downtown, and it was like ninety degrees. I was like, oof. It
9: was I crazy. have. Is it warmer here than it is everywhere else? It feels that way.
8: Yes, 100. It's very way hot.
9: Okay. Um, I, I sort of feel like this is like the warmest I've ever been in LA. But I'm yes, usually down like your way. I'm usually down in the South Bay or up, yes. you know, up, uh, up, you know, up with the Rams near Ventura. And this is, this definitely feels, it feels like summer here in the middle, in, yeah. in downtown.
8: right hey, listen, it's better than Boston, right? I mean, you got like That's two feet of snow on the ground, maybe?
9: Yeah, we actually Goodness. got 30. We had a storm that hit us with 30 inches. Um, that was, uh, that was my, all my wife to handle that, because I was in like Kansas City yeah. or something like that.
8: <laughs> you were like, I'll see you later, babe. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the kids <laughs> yeah. and 30 inches of snow. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right, man. I'll, thanks again, Albert, and uh, continued success. I'll see you soon, man.
9: All right, great. Thanks, J-Mac.
8: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round.
2: We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, What? Sergeant Pepper
1: Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.